It doesn't matter if it's the catwalk, sidewalk, or hallway, or even if you're getting a snack from your work fridge. I slay. It doesn't matter if you're having a good brow day, bad brow day, good skin day, bad skin day. Don't matter if it's PMS and you feel a mess, or if you're feeling blessed because I slay. Because you slay, we slay. This is I Slay the Podcast. What's up, Slay Nation? It's Erica Celeste signing on, and welcome to the latest episode of I Slay the Podcast. Make sure that you like, comment, share, and subscribe. Now today, I have a special co-host with me today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, Erica. First, let me say thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited. Uh, I do my podcast by myself, so I don't get a lot of chance to talk to people. So I'm excited to be here and chat with you all. And my name is Tanika Russ, and I'm the host of the Black Fashion History Podcast. And it's a podcast where I talk about all of the contributions of Black people from around the world to the luxury fashion industry. I share our history, our stories, and I just educate the community about the amazing things that we've done in fashion, you know, the stuff that they leave out of the history books. Awesome. Where can they find you? You can find me on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you go to listen to your podcast. I'm on every platform. Awesome. And if they want to follow you online? You can follow me at Black Fashion History Podcast on everything. Um, We don't have a Twitter, but Instagram, Facebook, and our website is coming soon. Awesome. Well, I definitely love your podcast, which is another reason why I wanted to have you join us in this episode. So let's get into what. Oh, girl, the way you sipping, I know you got the tape. Spill it. Spill all of it. Oh, I know this finna be good. You know what? Let me go get some popcorn so I can find out what's popping. COVID-19 hasn't stopped the drama in our celebrity world, so we're definitely still able to get our fix. Now, we talked about Love is Blind in the first episode, and Carlton um, wants to come back to the second season of Love is Blind. So pretty much TMZ kind of caught him out and about um, and asked him if he was down for it. He said he's definitely interested if the producers are on board. He's been quoted saying, absolutely, I'm I'm looking to love right now, so if someone started today, let's go to the pod. So should he be on the next season of the show? No. (laughs) And I, so I haven't even watched all of Love is Blind. Mm -hmm. I I watched like about halfway through the season, but I definitely saw that episode where he was on TV dragging Diamond by the pool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 no. The person who deserves a second chance at love is Diamond. Like, I feel like he wasn't honest. Mm-hmm. And then when he had the opportunity to kind of sit and work it out with her, because she was open to talking to him, working it out, and just, she just felt blindsided. That's how I took it. And, exactly. Yeah. And she felt confused and so she just wanted to talk it out straighten things out and I and he has the opportunity to do that but he took that opportunity and squandered it started going off on a girl talking about her wig all this other stuff and so I'm like sir you had your opportunity at love you had the opportunity to be mature and to work it out and to see where that could have brought y'all and you didn't do mm-hmm. it so right. give Diamond her chance let her get back on the show find someone who is 
going to be honest, who's going to be mm-hmm. mature, who's going to mm-hmm. talk to her, who's going to work it out, and hopefully she can find somebody to marry. Exactly. I definitely agree. I do not think he should go back, and it's twofold. Number one, he doesn't deserve it. Um, the second reason is going to be it doesn't make sense for Netflix. Now, if you know, the show's already out. The show was recorded a few years back, but they're actually doing the casting call now. So before they reached out to people, they slid into their DMs, you know, inviting them to do the show, but now they're doing a casting call. So people have already seen the show, know what it's about, and will be able to recognize his voice. So for right. him, love wouldn't be blind. So I definitely would not recommend that they have him come back. And the second, you know, go back to the first point. I honestly just personally do not think that he should go back. I think that he should just try, like, even if he goes on, like, Celebrity Matchmaker or wasn't there, there was, there was a show about, like, helping celebrities work through their relationship issues, kind of helping them to date other people, but just kind of helping them move in the right direction. I would recommend he would do something more <laughs> like that because – the issue is that he lied, but I feel like Diamond felt compelled as a black woman to support a black man since they were the only all black couple on the show. Mm, that's a good point. And I feel, and because he, he's also been trying to get her back too. And that's, that's a whole nother thing. Like he wants Diamond to take him back. And she's like, no, like <laughs> until the show actually aired, he said nothing to her. You know, it's like now you want to try and, and work it out, but it's like, no, you did way too long. Now people are harassing you, and at this point, if I were her, I would feel like he was trying to protect his image um, as a bisexual male, but coming off more on the straighter side to stop being harassed. Mm-hmm. So it's like if we work this out, if we come back together, then maybe I won't get harassed because at the end of the day, I'm with a woman. You know, I don't, I, I can see what you're saying, but I don't think that's going to happen. So. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think that's what his, like his end goal was in his mind. Is that going to happen? No. Diamond's moved on. She's not going back. She's blocked him on social media, as she should. Yeah, I think he needs to let the love is blind ship sail. I agree with you, though. If he's still interested in getting in the dating game, go do another show, um, date regularly, like the rest of the world, (laughs) Uh, whatever. But everything but love is blind. I think he had his opportunity on there. He messed it up. And then, like you said, he's too recognizable at this point. Mm-hmm. Move on. Exactly. Like, he shouldn't even, like, even if he did his own spinoff show and he did what Taylor Tequila did, <laughs> he <laughs> did, like, their own flavor love. Because she was bisexual. You know, she's bisexual. So she was dating guys and girls yeah, in the show to find love. Yeah, shot at so love. bring it back. <laughs> Bring it, bring it back, man. A, you know, like before they did what, a chance at love, or yeah. um, I don't know. Even if, yeah, no, like just, just do something like that if you're going to try to do it. Like you're, he's in social media. You know, he's in PR. You should figure out some way to contact people at VH1 and try to I'm set sure, up a meeting or something. <laughs> I'm sure Mona Scott will scoop him up soon. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, because the thing is, he's already been on um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Has he? Mm-hmm. Because people really? are going back and pulling up the receipts. Now I have to go look that up. He was like, he was like a flash in the pan, you know. Like sometimes they work with diff- different people. Um, like uh, when you know Candy's dress was was designed by um, House of Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did that, like how he was on there briefly, but you're like, okay, cool. But most people that don't look fashion like we do wouldn't have like, oh, okay, I see him. <laughs> but most people wouldn't have wouldn't have recognized it. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so our next story is actually uh, something that kind of you know that warms the heart. So the WNBA decided to do a live stream draft because of the coronavirus. Um, and they decided to start it in a unique way. So they decided to kick it off by honoring um, Alyssa, Peyton, and Gianna by actually uh, deeming them as honorary draft picks in this draft. Now, we all know that they all tragically passed away along with Kobe Bryant and several other people in helicopter crash earlier this year. Um, so they decided to, you know, represent them as like the next generation of stars they just they had their families accept the selection on their behalf um, and they also announced that Kobe and, and Gigi um, won the WNBA advocacy award because we um, all know that Kobe was really big about helping to elevate the WNBA in terms of you know, to the same level as the NBA because we all know um, and how women aren't paid, you know, the same amount as men, even though they do the same job um, and other issues that kind of affect um, female basketball players. So what do you think about this? I thought that was beautiful. And um, it was also really sad mm-hmm. because obviously – you know, these nine people lost their lives, and more specifically, these children lost their lives. And then mm-hmm. Vanessa Bryant haven't lost her daughter and her husband. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a sense, while this is beautiful, also being reminded of that loss in addition to feeling their absence every day. So mm-hmm. it kind of made me sad, uh, especially that they weren't here to receive mm-hmm. that award. And then Gigi being the basketball player that she is and, you know, wanting to play professionally, didn't get to grow up and be drafted mm-hmm. into the NBA. But I love that they did that. I thought it was heartwarming. Um, it was just beautiful. And it brought, well, I won't say it brought comfort, but it definitely, you know, helped create a legacy so that they aren't forgotten. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as a like a community as a world, whatever, you know, something tragic happens, especially to celebrities. We think about it the day it happens. It's a big loss for us because mm-hmm. some of these people are our heroes and we're big fans. But then the world does move on because they are a part of our daily life. But their mm-hmm. families are mm-hmm. still dealing with that loss. They're still mourning it every day. And so this is another way for us to remember and not necessarily move on that makes sense. Well, I, yes, I definitely agree. I do think this is a really nice gesture. I also like the way that they did it and the way that they announced the names, uh, because usually when people talk about this, um, this tragic, tragic um, accident, 
they always talk about Kobe and Gigi. They're always at the forefront of the conversation. And the simple right. fact that they honored her teammates and also honored their families, I really did like that because they could have just done it for Gigi and just right. kept it moving. So the simple fact that they honored all of the families in this and actually individually, you know, took the time to do a spotlight on each of them and also the way that they did the order of it, I thought was really nice because we all, you know, everyone knows Gigi's name. You know, she's kind of a, a household name because of her father. Um, but the fact that they did name, you know, the other two, her other two teammates and, and talked about their skills and their abilities as well and their goals, I thought was really, really nice. Um, I hope that this kind of moves the conversation forward into equality in the WNBA because I actually love watching the WNBA. I don't really watch the NBA like that um, because I feel like the women have more to prove. and They definitely go harder than the guys because they do have so much more to prove. Um, and I feel like Kobe definitely saw that, which is why he, you know, wanted to fight for them to be on the same level. Now, I find that interesting because I've never heard anyone say that they love watching the WNBA. And that's <laughs> not because, like, and that's not me trying to be shady or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, most people just don't watch it. Mm-hmm. So to hear that you said that you watch WNBA and not the NBA is interesting. But I agree with you. I do hope this moves the conversation forward. I know for me, I don't. I don't watch much sports at all, but if I mm-hmm. watch basketball, I, I watch the NBA. I, I watch the playoffs, and mm-hmm. I watch the All-Star game. But I made a promise to myself mm-hmm. last year, and I was like, I'm going to go to a WNBA game. Like, I'm going to buy mm-hmm. a ticket and mm-hmm. go and support. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of this, a lot of the excuse for why there's such a huge pay disparity is that people don't go to the games, people don't watch the games. It doesn't bring in as much money as the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I say, like, I, as a woman, I'm for, like, equality, I'm for pay equality, I'm for black women being paid what they're worth, all of that, then I need to do my part to support the industry mm-hmm. so that, you know, they have a fair fight when it comes to getting the money that they deserve. Definitely, definitely. Um, like, I also said that I wanted to start watching arena ball more. I do see that, you know, in my hometown of Baltimore, Maryland, that we actually do have games locally. Even though I do hate the fact that they do dress them in lingerie, it's like football and playboys kind of mixed together, but they're yeah. really hitting hard. <laughs> and I think that um, with, the, with basketball wives, with that particular franchise having um, one of the cast members be like a now ex um, arena ball player kind of shows how like hard they go. Um, so I do kind of want to get into watching that more because I do feel like it is important. And I feel like a lot of times, even if for the all-stars game, even if they mix it. Oh yeah, that'd be good. That would be a really cool way to honor his memory to honor the girls by actually mixing it and doing it together because All-Star Weekend is huge. People, like the whole LA is just, All-Star Weekend is ridiculous in LA. Like I used to, I lived in California for a year and even when like there's different games, it is not as packed <laughs> as All-Star Weekend. Like it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. 
Like, don't think about driving <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, I feel like you can't drive in L.A. on a normal day. See, it's it's worse. Like, it's already bad trying to get somewhere, which is because I used to be a Lyft driver in L.A. Because people Ooh, take Lyft to different places. People would take Lyft to go get lunch, and the, the place could be, like, two blocks away. And I'm like, really? All right, I'll take your money. Thank you. <laughs> Like, it was just ridiculous. People, and that's because trans, public transportation isn't where it needs to be. That's a whole other discussion. Um, so congratulations to these ladies. Um, we're happy that, you know, that you're a four-year honorary draft. Um, and I just hope that this definitely moves the conversation forward and people support the WNBA more. Yes. Go watch WNBA. <laughs> All right. So – in the, um, a more lighter news, we've actually, so COVID-19 has stopped a lot of baby showers, a lot of weddings. Um, I know that it's moved a lot of events back and canceled a lot of events, like Essence just canceled Essence Fest. But people are actually doing digital baby gender reveals, which is really cool. And they're just posting them online because of social distancing. Their family and friends can't be there. So we do have a couple of celebrities that have recently done the digital gender reveal. So the first one is the Bam and Scrappy. So they announced that they are having a girl, Yay. So, which is really cool. So he gets to have a, another girl. So him and the Bam kind of have one of each now. Um, and then Sierra and Russell Wilson are having a son. So I'm really excited for them. them. <laughs> I think we all, I think we're all so invested in their marriage because it's like, yeah, she's not with like anybody bad. Like it's, it's going well. They're starting to brand themselves and see everybody right. out more, which is really cool because I miss their music <laughs> for a while. Family, all of that. Exactly. And she's, you know, kind of taking the Christmas, you know, Chrissy Teigen approach and kind of letting us kind of see it inside glimpse. Um, into her world as a mother, which is really cool. Um, and the last digital gender reveal, they actually did formal invitations, which was I think is cool. Um, so Ella Banks, <laughs> they were like, "Yes, baby gender reveal from this time to this time." You're like, "Okay, cool." So Ella Banks and A Buggy are um, having a second child, and they're actually going to have a son. So congratulations. To all the parents on their on having another kid, um, so congratulations! You can't wait until they're born. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations in advance to all of the people who will be pregnant because of <laughs> this quarantine. Exactly, they're they're going to be generation quarantined, actually, or baby boom number two. We all know that fashion makes news and news makes fashion. We've been talking about the coronavirus and it has definitely shut down a lot of things, not just events. The malls are closed and pretty much any place that can hold a gathering of more than 10 people has just been shut down, even to the point where a lot of food places are doing curbside pickup and deliveries only. No one's allowed to sit in the restaurants and eat. So this has actually had a big impact on the retail industry and may actually close, may actually cause some stores to close after all of this is over. Um, so it's causing them to lose money. 
which means that they can't pay their rent in a lot of these places uh, because actually a lot of our spending habits have changed and it's also helped the transition with um, with digital and online purchases as well. So do you, so what do you think will be the permanent impact of COVID-19 on brick and mortar stores? You know, I think I have, I may have a little bit of the opposite opinion. So I know a lot of stores are suffering now because of this. And a lot Mm -hmm. of stores, especially smaller ones or ones that just started opening, Mm -hmm. they closed down after Mm -hmm. this whole thing. But I think for the brick and mortar places that can stand through Mm COVID-19, they're going to see a boom and here's why I think mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's because now that people are locked in the house, they are starting to realize how much they do miss the in-person experience. Mm-hmm. Before, like, quarantine, people, I think people shopped online a lot, mostly because mm-hmm. of either, like, laziness or convenience or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but I think now that it's like you can't go to these stores or certain stores are closed down, people are starting to miss the in-store experience, um, you know, just running through the aisles, picking up things that you have no business picking up. And so for stores that can stand through this and then can turn around and provide like a holistic experience for their customers, so not just a store, but something that connects with their customers, Mm-hmm. that, you know, it's Instagrammable in a sense. If they can do that, I think they'll see a boom. The The next thing I also say is that I think stores will start to possibly change, up. obviously, their strategy, incorporating more digital, but also their inventory. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of stores that are open now be, that are considered, quote, unquote, essential because mm-hmm. of what they sell mm-hmm. um, that aren't necessarily essentials like Dollar Tree. Mm -hmm. Dollar Tree sells lots of random things, but they also sell like tissue and soap and household items and food, you know, Mm -hmm. and that causes them to be labeled an essential business. And so they can stay open right now and they can like reap the benefits of people looking for things. And so I think, I know even online stores and small businesses have pivoted to where, Mm -hmm. They're, like, seeing if they could produce hand sanitizer or face mask or, you know, different things that kind of fit with their brand, but it's considered an essential item. And I think more stores will start doing that to kind of be an added level of insurance so that if something tragic like this happens again, they'll be able to be open or still, you know, get revenue. Exactly. Yes, so I do definitely um, agree with that. And actually, I didn't even – think about that perspective in terms of people wanting that in-person experience because right now like I'm an essential employee so it doesn't to me the only thing that's changed outside of having to wear a mask in the store is that there's no traffic which is awesome (laughs) usually it takes me about an hour to get to work now it's more like 20 minutes Um, but I definitely do see because yeah I definitely do see people wanting that uh, interaction but I do think that will take some time because I know that they're starting to kind of open up some places even though this week is supposed to be our peak um I do think that small businesses will definitely be impacted by it I know that depending on where you live they are trying to give loans to these businesses to ensure that they're able to open back up 
Um, but I also think that it's more so going to um, impact the employees of these businesses um, because a lot of them are actually going to have to recoup financially yeah. from this if they weren't able to boost their sales. So I know that as soon as the stimul- the first day of like the stimulus checks hit, retailers were sitting out text messages like, need a place to spend your refund check? Like, no. Like Fashion Nova? Like, yeah, Fashion Nova def- definitely sent me a text even though I've never bought anything from them. <laughs> Everybody was just sending text messages like, here's what to do with your money. Like, no, that's supposed to go towards bills for people who, you know, are still waiting to get their unemployment checks. Um, I also think that, yes, it is going to – I actually also think that it's going to boost curbside side pickup for a lot of other businesses. So like Target, um, I know that Best Buy is starting to do that. Um, and I do think that a lot of companies, again, we are seeing a lot of stores starting to sell masks now. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it will also impact the way that they, like where they have things made. You know, a lot of times the stuff that we get is all mostly made overseas. And I think that a lot of companies will kind of think, rethink that um, and try to do more like manufacturing of products here because they're seeing the impact of not being able to get what they need from overseas, especially at a time like this. I never thought about that, but I think you're right. And I, I think in turn, though, producing more here could be better for people as far as jobs go. Um and the economy as well. So hopefully mm-hmm. that is a positive change that comes as a result. Exactly. But I do think, I do know it's going to be tough for a lot of small businesses, especially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, but I also think that they will see the importance of, the ones who haven't already will see the importance of transitioning parts of their business to online. Right. I definitely do think that a lot of companies who haven't gotten on the digital train will. A lot of companies weren't using DoorDash for food delivery. Now they're like, okay, don't yeah. do delivery or curbside pickup. So now we have to, you know, we have to be online. We have to allow people to order. These are the companies we can use, and it's not really going to cost this much. Um, I, yeah, I definitely really do hope that this kind of makes them reevaluate this. Like the bigger companies will be fine all they have to do is whoever owns it just have to take a smaller you know smaller percentage off the top and no i agree i think the bigger (laughs) companies will definitely be fine i also think though that people will remember the companies that were um I guess that cared for them during this time, if that makes sense, or that wasn't tone deaf. So all of you companies out there that are sending text messages like, uh, you want to spend your stimulus check, spend it with us, or we know the check just hit, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think once it's over and people are back to working and have money to spend, they are going to remember that. And I think they're going to spend with companies that were doing some good. So the companies that were giving away money or the ones that were like, here, you buy a mask, we donate a mask, 20 cents to work, or like those kinds of companies or the Mm -hmm. ones where people are like, hey, we're in this with you, we're struggling just like you. 
you know, they'll remember that and they'll support those companies. Exactly. And from a PR perspective, I think that everyone needs to hit up their, their PR manager um, just to have a crisis plan for after this happens, just to ensure that they kind of figure out what to do next. Um, I know that, you know, like some, I know people will forever remember Cheesecake Factory um, <laughs> because they actually sent a letter to their landlord and they gave right. people a blueprint for what to send to, to, to their own landlord. So the last part of this fashion news is actually going to be more of a public service announcement. We asked that during this time, you know, we all have to wear masks when we're out in public now um, in a lot of states, especially here in Maryland. We want to make sure that we are being aware of what our masks. I mean, granted, don't don't wear bandanas. Don't do that as a black person. Don't don't. Yeah, don't. There's way too many black people being harassed now with surgical style masks on. Don't don't do the bandana. Just saying, just put that down. Just leave that for uh Dr. Oz. <laughs> he put a red bandana, I was like, Oh no. Yes. See that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. Like diversity and leadership. You got to know like everybody can't do that. And you have to be aware. Exactly. And you have to be aware, keep your head on the swivel. Like, even if you got to, like, take that mask off real quick, like, hey, hands up, not spread. You know, you might get corona, but at least you didn't get shot by a cop. <laughs> Nobody wants to go out that way. And that's the sad part. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. everybody here is still on edge after Freddie Gray. That we don't even have the freedom yeah. to protect mm-hmm. ourselves. <laughs> like, exactly. So if you can order on Teapot or use whatever app to get groceries, I know a lot of places are offering free delivery right now. How to do that. How to limit going out the house as, as much as possible at this So we're bringing back, put a pin in it, and it's our roundtable discussion. This time we are talking about TikTok and the race problem. Yes, TikTok has a race problem. Now, not just, you know, where there are multiple things that are going on with this. We have um, TikTokers posting racist videos. I know that two high school students just got in trouble um, for making a video using the N-word and also racial stereotypes about what makes what makes a black person um black women are experiencing racism and sexual harassment on tiktok um and there's also a lot of black fishing a lot of plagiarism in terms of you know dances and trends and things like that um and it's honestly it's a lot (laughs) people are saying that tiktok algorithm is racist because as soon as you log in on the, on TikTok, when they put they you know it streams like different videos automatically on the homepage of you know of different TikTok accounts that are popular, it it takes a while before you're exposed to a person of color. So they're saying that their videos are pushed down to the bottom, which is causing them not to get as many views and likes and things like that because it is part of some people's income or they are trying. Um, to, 
I guess, use TikTok as a source of revenue if they haven't done so already. Um, so what do you think TikTok should do with this huge race issue? I know it was a lot. <laughs> no, I think TikTok along with Pinterest, mm-hmm. Instagram, YouTube, and every other social media platform, because I, I find that this is an issue across all social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they need to start, and I'm not like into tech, so I don't know algorithm-wise what they can do, mm-hmm. but they, they have degrees in that, and so they can figure that part out. But right. I think it's important to have a diverse, like, executive leadership team. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can promise you that people sitting at the head of these social media apps, TikTok especially, do not look like us. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to talk about what needs to be done to mm-hmm. or combat this and that, or they they don't even think about these issues because it's not something that affects them. And so, one, I think you need to increase the diversity, and not just for diversity's sake, not just to be like, hey, we have a black person on the team, but to really force some input, like, hey, mm-hmm. we are trying to make sure that our app is something that caters to everyone that is inclusive, um, that serves communities of color, that serves black creators, you know, making sure that they can find each other, they're having the same kind of access. Mm-hmm. How can we do that? Help us see the holes. Like the fact that that video of those two students, um, that racist video mm-hmm. was not flagged and was not taken down. Like the, someone had to take that video and share it before like it became an issue. That's a problem. Like stuff mm-hmm. like that shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been been able to be uploaded. They should have gotten an error message. Like, and then I look at um, other creators, like black creators, are talking about how they have their videos have been flagged or they haven't been able to like it has to be taken down because of like certain things that they say in it, which aren't necessarily mm-hmm. racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm thinking about the video of those two high school students. I'm like, that's ridiculous. You guys need to do better. Like, you need to strengthen your community guidelines. Whatever algorithm that you have checking for that information, you need to to fix that. But mm-hmm. I think also as creators of color, we need to understand our power mm-hmm. and how we make this world, social media especially, TikTok certainly go round. Like TikTok mm-hmm. is famous because all of these black people are on there doing dances to songs by black artists. Mm-hmm. They're um, making jokes that relate to the black community. Uh, they're doing voiceovers of things said by black personalities. Like, you know, it's our content. It's our creativity that's kind of making this world go round. So I think we need to understand our power and not be afraid to say, you know what, we're not going to use this anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to use something else. We're not going to do this anymore until y'all get it right. And I can promise you it will make people move. Exactly. Because, you know, there's been a lot of people who aren't getting credit for, you know, the dances that they create on TikTok and how Right. People are, you know, because of the algorithm, you know, people are starting to see other people more who didn't create the dance. Like, I know that we had um, an issue with one young um, black woman who created this viral dance, but this white girl gets to dance at an NBA game and be yeah, on Ellen, even though she created the dance. Right. 
so it's like should it's like should they should the government also start to regulate like digital intellectual property like or even like their rules force people to kind of give credit to the person who originated the dance like whenever you write a paper you have to cite your sources why not the same for tiktok and other digital platforms i i'm wondering though how would the government to be able to regulate that like what rules to put in place to regulate that right so i know that right now that is actually big discussion um being in the pr world there's a lot of like conversations happening about regulating intellectual property because a lot of companies are stealing people's images and using them like Mm -hmm. straight up using the same exact images in their advertising um so I believe that there is some discussion in terms of regulating that. Um, but then also people are talking about freedom of speech and things like that. Um, so I do believe that respect-wise, yes, you should credit the person who did it. Or if you repost someone's, like, you can easily record a video from your phone, you know, the screen, cropped out, whatever someone else did and slap it on your page as if it was yours. Um, But I do think that there should be some type of, like, I don't even know how you would mandate that, but I do feel like something needs to be figured out. I think that's the part that gets tricky because at that point, you know, we're relying on human decency. So we're like, okay, yeah, make sure you cite your source. Make sure you tag the person who you got this from. But it's like, you know, in all actuality, will people do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think for creators, especially black creators, um, like understanding this world that we live in and making sure that we do all we can, like, to protect ourselves and protect our ideas. Mm-hmm. So is that means um, watermarking things and make sure you watermark things if that means like when you see a video of somebody, you know, taking your ideas, or even if like if it's a dance you created, if you see someone else doing the dance, um, and they haven't credited you, flag the video, you know, yep. or whatever, and like, hey, let people know, let Instagram know, let TikTok know, like, hey, this is my dance, they stole from my page, they didn't tag me, you know. Right. Like, but doing all that we can to make sure that we're credited for our work. And sometimes that may, it may seem extreme, but mm-hmm. it is necessary to make sure that, like, we're getting the proper compensation um, mm-hmm. and recognition for the things that we do. And I know, like, that's one thing that I talk about on my podcast is I talk about, like, fashion history. A lot of these people have created things, done amazing things in fashion that we have no idea about because, mm-hmm you know, they weren't accredited with it. Um, somebody else took it and put their name on it. Or sometimes they're just, their names weren't even recorded. They were just referred to as like, oh, this colored person that did this. So I think it's mm-hmm. very important that we document our own history in a sense mm-hmm. and make sure that we cover our own backs when it comes to these things because this world is not set up in our favor. Exactly. And I also think because we do see, you know, people giving credit to other people when they feel like it's financially, like, beneficial. 
So mm-hmm. when it comes to fashion, you will see a lot, especially with celebrities, you'll see them tag the person who did their hair, the person who did their nails, the stylist, the designer, um, even if it's like a tailor, you know, who might have, you know, adjusted the outfits um, or whoever did the jewelry, like they tag them in it. I think that if it starts to kind of become a normal practice, it'll be ingrained into society, kind of, but not, you know, not everyone's going to do it, but at least starting to take that responsibility ourselves and also doing it as creators. Right. Um, I think that would help even if we do it in our own community. So that way when these videos are reposted and you tag them or even because if you have an iPhone, you can literally go to iMovie, upload the video into that and put your like handle right video I do it all the time (laughs) like I will you know do promo put my podcasting across it or if I get a video from a source I'll tag the source in it but I'll put some commentary myself in it and also have my social media across it so even if it gets reposted then bam I see it or I also think that on Instagram if someone like you know like on Facebook if someone shares your post you get notified that they shared it. Yeah. You don't get the same type of courtesy on Instagram. Yeah. Unless they give, like, like, repost. Yeah, that's the thing. Unless they use something like that. Um, But most people are just, you know, like, screenshotting and Mm -hmm. (laughs) putting up. Like, there's been a, a couple of posts that I've made for the podcast that were, like, my opinion kind of being, like, I'll see, like, oh, this got, like, 100 shares. And I'm like, oh, well, who shared it? (laughs) I would like to thank them for sharing it. Make sure they tag the podcast. Right. Because, you you know, you also have to, again, check people as well. Exactly. And I think we we have to do our part to help each other out. So if you see something and you know where it originated from, you know, just put a a nice, polite tag in the comments. Like, oh, man, didn't so-and-so do a great job? <laughs> right. Exactly. Just to let everybody know, like, this idea was originated here. And sometimes the person who posted it doesn't even know. They just think it's a quote that they saw online, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. So- like, I definitely got called out once. <laughs> because this post was kind of going around as, like, someone blackfishing. It was, like, this Asian artist becoming like a darker skinned woman but there was no context in any article and one of her friends commented like hey that's so and so she's not black fishing she actually paints her face to look like different artists so mm-hmm. this time it was a black woman mm-hmm. she's done well, other dangerously close right and I was like uh, it still feels like black fishing and she didn't look like the person she was supposed to be creating so because you know some people would do it and change their whole face and everything else and yeah I was like mm, okay but thank you for commenting <laughs> oh, no, but, that, you know, was, that was dangerously close to blackface yeah it, I don't it know was about definitely that. close but <laughs> the thing is that person checked it tagged the artist and was like, hey, this is so-and-so's, this is what they do, 
regardless of my feeling, at least <laughs> they tagged the person and said something. Right. And I so think that's like, what we need to do for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I know that we've also, again, I talked about before about black fishing. I'm going to go into it on these social media sites because there are all these filters where you can make yourself darker. And there's a lot of people online creating their whole digital persona, portraying themselves as black women. And a few people have been called out on social media. Like they're changing their hair to be, you know, appear to be curlier and kinkier or even wearing hairstyles that are traditionally worn by black women. What do you think about this? Like, this stresses me out. This frustrates me <laughs> so much to the point mm-hmm. where sometimes I can't even articulate it mm-hmm. because it's like black women are ridiculed and harassed for their natural features. Like, mm-hmm. there are laws in place in the year of our Lord, 2020, that mm-hmm. say, like, black women cannot wear their natural hair in the workplace. You know, mm-hmm. like, people are being kicked out of school for have, wearing an afro, like, still to mm-hmm. this day, or being harassed for their appearance. And then, like, a non-black person is on social media, like, putting on these looks as if it's a costume mm-hmm. only to be like praised and talk about how beautiful they are or whatever. And that's really, really annoying. And I think, and then they come back with a, Oh, I'm not trying to be black or who said this is just a black thing or I don't know, or they play the victim or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, no, like, it just stresses me out so much. I'm it, like, it stresses me out, too. I, I definitely do agree because, you know, I think the biggest stories were, like, European women yeah, getting black followers, getting money, being paid, portraying themselves as black women, or even not even corrupting people. Um, like, no, I just tan, but I'm white. Like, nothing, like, you are literally pretending to be black. I'm like, for why? the first sole purpose of making money. <laughs> oh, but why? And that's and I think that's the other crazy thing is because black creators are not making that same money. Mm-hmm. So a black woman who looks like that naturally is not being given those same opportunities. That's the that's the infuriating part. Exactly, and that's definitely why I go out of my way to support black creators because I feel like it's definitely important. Like Jackie Ina came out with a palette. I definitely went and bought the palette. Her face was on a contour stick. I bought that contour stick. Why? Because I think she should be higher than Jeffree Star, but Jeffree Star got all his money. Absolutely. And I'm looking at black creators on YouTube that have not reached like a million followers yet. And they have been doing this, Thing for years mm-hmm. um, and then their counterparts who haven't been doing it as long or to be honest aren't even as good mm-hmm. they're like 2 million 3 million followers they're going on brand trips they have palettes and lines coming out and all this other stuff I'm like this is ridiculous exactly 
And that's actually why I'm too, I actually just, um, last Monday and actually tomorrow, well, this Monday, um, and probably the Monday after that, there's actually a stylist, Paris. Um, he is actually doing like this webinar series. But what I think is really cool is that even though the stylist in particular is white, they do style a lot of black people. Um, and in this class, a lot of the black people have bonded and created their own group where we are supporting each other's businesses and mm-hmm. cross-promoting. So I think more things like that need to happen. Like we're, you know, both in a podcast group for black creators where people support each other in there. Now, now I think they need, we need to support each other a little more, <laughs> but um, you know, this is true, <laughs> but I do think that it's cool that we do have these spaces. I just kind of wish that other people would support black creators a little more, like support is free for the most part. Right. And I think, I agree with you. I certainly think as a community, we need to do our part in supporting each other. And even when it's not free. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that takes a little extra work, but that's what we have to do. Like it may take the extra step to go find um, the black company that's selling something that you could just buy off of Amazon. You may have to mm-hmm. wait a little bit longer to get your products in. But I think it's worth it because, you know, you, we get to support each other. That's how mm-hmm. we're able to build up our businesses, build up our legacy, you know, circulate the dollar within the community, mm-hmm. build up our economical power as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we're able to make changes. Like, you know, we like we have an election coming up. If we want whatever candidate like we want, we need to be able to back them financially. And we mm-hmm. can do that as a community if we have the money. Mm-hmm. And if we're supporting each other, that's a way for us to be able to get that money we can have more black millionaires and billionaires so we have more um, people giving out scholarships and all that other stuff it kind of it's an ecosystem that feeds into everything so I think once we understand that we could do a better job of supporting each other Uh, and then Mm -hmm. I think naturally other communities will see that and support as well because other communities do follow like black community as far as like what's trending what's cool Mm -hmm. like we are the ones that determine what's cool Mm -hmm. and if we are doing something other people are likely to follow exactly I definitely agree and this was actually also something um so a Netflix series recently came out um Black AF I don't know if you've seen it yet no I haven't watched it yet but I want to like I set my little Netflix reminder and everything (laughs) So I'm going to watch it probably this evening. So this, uh, it's not really a spoiler, but like one of the topics that they talk about is supporting black people in film Mm -hmm. and what's done, you know, in public and what kind of courtesies we give each other because we're not necessarily supported by mainstream. Like a lot of people went to go see Black Panther just because it was, you know, a pretty much all black cast. Regardless right. of whether the movie was good or not, we were going to say it was the best thing since sliced bread. Even though it was a really good movie, <laughs> regardless, people came out in droves. Like, people were sponsoring kids to go to the movies in underprivileged areas. Like, I feel like that level of support 
is the way that we need to support each other. Now, behind closed doors, you be like, yo, this is what you need to do to improve, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to still support you. Like, I But that's support, to too. Yeah. Right. You know, telling you, hey, this is how you could get better is also support. Yeah. But, no, I totally agree. I, I watch some shows on TV uh, that I don't particularly enjoy, mm-hmm. but because it's like a black cast, black writer, all of that, I watch it. Or I, mm-hmm. I definitely make sure it's on, even if I'm not watching it, so that, you know, they can get the ratings and all of that mm-hmm. and, and be able to get more seasons. Exactly. I honestly, I do the same thing. Like, I love TV, but there are some shows where I'm just like, okay, that's a stretch. That's... <laughs> but I'll, I'll watch it till the season's over. <laughs> you know, like, there's even some, like, cartoons where, I, you know, I'll talk to my best friend's son and be like, oh, hey, are you watching that? He's like, well, what? What show is this? And I'm like, well, the lead is a black cartoon character. I don't even care if the person that does the voice is black. Support it. <laughs> like, watch, watch Craig of the Creek real quick about this black boy and his imagination and his black boy joy. He not on some corner. He not some crazy cuss father not there. Nope. He is in a hustable life family. Right. Living his black boy life. Like, just watch it, support it. So I'm definitely that way, too. And that was actually one of my goals for 2020. I wanted to start supporting people more and stop being lazy and be like, oh, I don't feel like it. Now I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to support. I'm going to stop dragging my feet because it's not even to try to get people to support you in return it's because you want like we all have dreams that we want to accomplish and the only way to accomplish them is by supporting each other right everyone's trying to build wealth (laughs) at least generationally or even some people who just don't want to be broke anymore like at least be comfortable right whatever your goal is support each other no I'm here with you on that because I definitely have bought some products for some black businesses that weren't great, but, you know. Yeah, so. I, I've i done that. I have a gym membership that I do not use, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a black-owned gym, so I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess the money's not being wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, just like I'm, I can't wait until uh, We Buy Black opens up their store. They're coming. They're um. They're doing a grocery store, right? Mhm. Yeah. I can't wait until that actually happens. I donate it. So it's like they have like different stages of like fundraising, and different yeah. celebrities have supported supported it. And I hope they fully go online because I am not where they are located, but I would like to purchase some items. <laughs> I'm really thankful that I live in like the black mecca of the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Georgia, mm-hmm. so, and Atlanta's like this is a black business on every corner. So I love that I get to, mm-hmm. I get the feeling of like I go into a store sometimes, I go into a restaurant, I'm just enjoying myself, and I mm-hmm. look up, I'm like, oh, it's a black-owned business. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the opportunity to support lots of black-owned businesses, mm-hmm. you know, on a weekly basis. So I'm very thankful for that. 
So in Baltimore, there are a lot of Black-owned businesses, but you usually have to find events where they are, um, which is why I'm forcing myself to go to events more. Um, We do have a lot of Black businesses that are opening up, and a lot of people are, because even though, you know, people say that New York is known for having the best hustlers, in Baltimore, you're born hustling. Like, when you, like, in the state, literally, in my high school, everybody had a hustle. Everybody had a hustle. Everybody was raising money for prom, whether it was selling candy, selling cookies, making cupcakes. Some people worked at Starbucks and would bring, like, the day-old pastries and sell them to make money. Like, we, even kids selling penny candy in school. (laughs) Like, people, like, people, exactly, like, right now, there are so many extreme couponers doing curbside pickup right now with toiletries. Mm. Like, all right, time to get rid of it. I That's a hustle. Mm-hmm. I, I see people I out in corners. That's going to be my next thing. When this is over, I'm going to start couponing. Because I always used to look at them like, y'all buying 50 tissues that you're never going to use. But they was on the I'm going to use them. I mean, you can't extreme coupon right now. Yeah, those I know. people are making money. Those people are making a lot of money. You wouldn't believe how many times I just see people with a random table on the side of the street, or I walk outside my house and somebody's selling deodorant and lotion <laughs> and everything else. Just walk. I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. You got my stuff. Cool, 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 cool. So. I, I am grateful that I do come from, like, a, a city that is predominantly black but has a great hustle mentality. I'm starting to see a lot more black businesses open up here, which I absolutely love. So I definitely go out of my way to support those businesses, especially, you know, sometimes when you live in a hood, you may find businesses that are, you know, owned by other races. But you don't really see too many black-owned. Like, there, we've had, like, a couple of black-owned hair stores open up. So people go out of their way to support that. And even a lot of them are doing deliveries right now. The hair stores? hmm I wish the hair stores <laughs> out here were doing deliveries. Well, that concludes another episode of I Play the Podcast. Thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Thank you, you for having me. Time. I had so much fun. <laughs> I know that, you know, a lot of times I know our formats are are a little different, um, but I definitely love when I can get other podcasters maybe talk about things that they may not have talked about before, especially during this time where most of us are bored. (laughs) (laughs) No, I enjoy myself. And like I said, I don't get a chance to chat with people a lot. Like I do interviews, but I don't get to talk like trending topics and celebrities Mm -hmm. and all that. So this is fun for me. We talked here today about support. So make sure that you please support my co-host, Taniqua Russ, in her podcast. Go ahead and tell them where to find you. You can find me everywhere at Black Fashion History. Plain and simple, if you want to learn about fashion history, but with Black people, 
Black Fashion History. And remember, you can find Isolate the Podcast on Facebook at Isolate Pod, on Instagram at Isolate underscore pod, and on Twitter at Isolate underscore pod. You can also email us if you are interested in becoming a co-host or even I want to start doing interviews as well. So if you're interested in being interviewed for this podcast, you can go ahead and send an email to Isolate.podcast at gmail.com. Remember, you can listen to us everywhere that you can hear podcast so anchor spotify soundcloud google podcast and many many more thank you for tuning in to another episode of isolate the podcast and remember the glow up starts within my